Hello and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast from me, Peter Pratt. This is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Happy Christmas, everyone. You have a Christmas Day episode on a Saturday. I never podcast on a Saturday, not contracted a podcast on a Saturday, but here it is. I'm here for you. Happy Christmas, everyone. Hope you have a great day. Looking forward to it. For those in the UK, get them turkeys in early. For those in the US, I guess you've probably got a hangover. you got the ham going. I don't know what goes on in the States. But um, nevertheless, I appreciate sharing Christmas Day with you guys. So enjoy. I have a guest in tow. So Matt Williams, happy Christmas also. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Holiday edition of Locked on Marlins. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. For those that are thinking, Matt Williams, where do I know that name from? I, that's a familiar name, if particularly if you're on Twitter, it is familiar, no doubt. Matt Williams, listen, he has got a resume of resumes, no doubt, but effectively you've got podcast host of the Turn 2 podcast. Um, I guess on Twitter particularly, it's the 2022 player breakdowns, hashtag 2022 player breakdowns. <laughs> Um, which he's famous for as well. Also hosting and writing for the NBC Sports Edge pod. Does some stuff for the Athletic as well for football. Matt Williams, the busiest guy, it seems, in sports. Um, also, I must must add, a Mets fan too. Um, so yes. crossing some enemy lines here as well. But, um, you know, with, how, do you, how do you find the time to get all these things done? Uh, I don't sleep. According <laughs> to, this is literally according to my Fitbit. Uh, or fitness track or whatever you is you, you have. Uh, yeah, I, I don't sleep. I sleep maybe three hours, three or four hours a night. It's it's ridiculous. And then the, the football season ends and I'm like, our baseball season ends. I'm like, all right, I'll take a break. And then the athletic offers me a job. I'm like, all right, well, I'm covering football now. So go. I don't know. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have it any other way. But anyway, baseball is is the uh, is the focus though. I love love baseball. That's by far my passion. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess as well with a strong kind of fantasy slant on that as well, right? There's you know that's one of if not your main passion, I guess from you know from a baseball perspective. Yeah, I mean I'm one of the few people. I mean a lot of people in fantasy baseball are like, oh, I count. I love they like their fantasy team more than their regular team. And I am a fantasy analyst, but uh, I I care more about the Mets than I do fantasy yeah. <laughs> baseball. As you like, you know, you care about the Marlins. So absolutely, yeah, I like I like real baseball more than fake baseball. But I you know I do love fantasy baseball. It's a great way to learn and keep track of all the other teams. Uh, it's actually I started playing fantasy baseball with my dad. We co owned a team, whatever, uh, when I was young. Mm. And it was something for me and him to do together. We ran the team together and we learned pretty much the, the players on all the other teams. It was just something fun. So I just kind of stuck with me, but yeah, fantasy baseball is fun. Not, you know, you don't have to spend tons of money to do it. It's perfectly fun to do for free. So if you know, anyone listening doesn't play fantasy, give it a try. It's fun. Absolutely. I, I was the same as you. I, I got into baseball, you know, relatively, you know, only four or five years ago. So not that long, but to expand my knowledge, I'd picked the Marlins. So I'd made the decision on the Marlins and I didn't know anyone else. I didn't know any other teams, players, anything. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to play fantasy baseball because I, that's how I got into the NFL was through fantasy baseball. And it just broadens your, your scope, your knowledge and your interest. All of a sudden, I don't know, the, the Cubs are playing the Reds and you're like, Hey, I better tune in and see that Anthony Rizzo at bat. I mean, this is a few years ago, obviously, but, um, mm. you know, that was, you kind of get into that mindset. So I'm with you on that. It really does help to, you know, learn more about what else is going out on outside of the Marlins, if indeed the Marlins <laughs> are your team, which, you know, let's assume most people listen to this pod, it is your team. Um, so, and, and Matt, before we dive into, I guess, the main course of this episode, which will be a Jazz Chisholm uh, 2022 player breakdown, um, before we get into that, we need to talk some Mets. We absolutely have to. The Mets, clearly, in the NL East with these Marlins. And I, I, how would you assess or describe the off-season activity thus far? Pretty lockout, clearly. I don't know, A++. Plus plus. Uh, <laughs> we're in the, the teams in New York, so it has like, it should be like a big, quote-unquote, big market team. You're always sitting there next to the Yankees. They've been spending like billion dollars a year for the last 20 years. And then we have the, the Wilpons, who are the former owners of the team, and just this ridiculously GMs. We haven't had a good manager since like 2000. It's just been a wreck. 
So then you get Steve Cohen coming in the, you know, the mega kajillionaire, which the, the show billions on Showtime is actually based off of. And he comes in, you're expecting big things out of the gate. Nothing really happens in the off season. Then they trade for Lindor. They sign him to like 350 million and then all the terrible stuff with the GM. And there's just like the Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil are trying to choke each other. And it's just, it's just been like a constant drama show. And then now it kind of, then there was a rumor. No one wanted to, no one wanted to work for him. And then it kind of came to a head when apparently Steven Matz, pitcher of the St. Louis Cardinals now, his, the agent shunned or didn't, you know, went back on his word. And then, and then Steve Cohen got real mad, which yeah. maybe will be the turning point in the Mets history. Because then he went out and, of course, you know, the rest is history. He signed three, three players in one day and then chased down Max Scherzer for like a record uh, annual, um, annual value on salary. So, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of, of craziness. And now Buck Showalter's here nice to have just like a solid presence that I know won't do anything crazy. So I'm, yeah. I'm into that too. So, Hey, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I mean, absolutely. It's, it, it's been a wild year or so since, you know, Steve Cohen came in and mm-hmm. um, you know, last year there was a lot of hype around the Mets and it didn't, it didn't happen. I mean, I, they were struck down with COVID COVID kind of similar to how the Marlins were the season before, like pretty much half the roster was gone yeah. And like the Marlins, the replacement guys came in and did great. And yeah. kind of, that was the, you know. That's the more, it's fun. When you're overachieving is, yeah. is fun. Because uh, if you, um, I mean, it's, this is a great thing. And that's the thing about baseball is it's very, very hard to win a championship, which is an obvious thing. But certain teams get jaded, uh, especially uh, fan bases that are there constantly. But I mean, look at the Dodgers. Nothing's guaranteed. They had one championship in this giant run and it was during the shortened season. Mm. Uh, there's no guarantee of getting there. All you want to do is like, just have a, have a team, regardless of how much money they're going to spend, have a plan and be willing to put a winning effort. And your general manager down there, she is doing such a great job. You, you, you such a great get. And you can just see the enthusiasm that, uh, yeah, you got. You've done some. The Marlins have done amazing things this offseason. I mean, I think it's underrated with the, the the great moves they've made. And with the Mets, just obviously Steve Cohen has a ridiculous amount of money, and that's how people yeah. think of him. But he's a Mets fan, and you don't typically get an owner of a team that is just like a huge fan and grew up a fan. It's usually like a person kind of running it as a business, and then they hire people to run the team. But this guy's mm-hmm. like not always a good thing. He's on Twitter, which is, he probably shouldn't be, but it's exciting at times, but he loves the Mets and he only wants them to do well. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. So it's it's exciting to be a part of. Yeah. Is he following you on Twitter yet? Steve Cohen? (laughs) No, uh, (laughs) I, I kind of, I criticize him. I criticize him a little bit. So I'm surprised I'm not blocked yet. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. It can happen. (laughs) Well, his grammar is is erratic as well, right? Like, you know, it's it's a bit sketchy um, on on you know some of his tweets. Although I'm fair with my criticism, which we'll get to with Chaz, Chaz Chisholm, but mm-hmm. I, I I criticize everyone, including Marcus Stroman when he was on the Mets. He is notorious for blocking everybody. I survived that though, so wow. I guess as long as you can, as long as you criticize people respectfully, you know they'll they'll take it. You just you just go. can't be can't be a jerk about it. If you survive Stroman, because he is. He he must have one of the highest block rates out there for for active players. You know he yes. he loves the block button. <laughs> I'd hate to see how long that list is. So, yeah, that's that's wild. If you've survived that, then yeah, like you said, cr- constructive criticism or you know however you want to phrase it, that's fine. That's okay. You know. Yep. Um, either way, <laughs> and let's you know let's not make this the the baseline for this jazz chism conversation. But you know there there are some bits in there. But you know just to bring this to life to anyone that is. Still a bit uncertain here. Um, Matt does some amazing work and puts out through the offseason in the build-up to the fantasy draft season, um, these player breakdowns. I know last year, I think Sandy Alcantara was on the list last year, if I recall. And I think maybe even Pablo Lopez was maybe the year before that, if I recall. Pablo was last year. Cool thing about this. After I, I did the breakdown, Pablo actually reached out to me via DM to tell me how much he loved it. And I wrote in there how much... I loved his changeup and he wasn't throwing it enough and he threw it a lot more. So like, I'm go. like, 
8% sure maybe I had something to do with Pablo Lopez being twice as awesome. He was going to do it anyway. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's always, it's very cool. Whenever like a player yeah. or a player's mom likes something and reaches out to me, oh, thank you so much. This was so great. And he told me that I had hit on a lot of things that were great to hear. So it's like, yeah, it just makes you, I mean, that, that'll excite me literally forever. It'll never get old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's great. And, and the work you do is sent, you know, these threads, these breakdowns are, are sensational for sure. And, you know, insightful too. And like I said, we, we've had Pablo, we've had Sandy recently, and that's where me and you were having some dialogue last year in the buildup. Jazz Chisholm's just dropped a few days ago. So go and check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, they, they probably by the time you get to Christmas Day, you may have done another one. I don't know. what you're, How's your schedule looking? Is it going to be another one? By, by, by the time this drops on Christmas, I'll probably have done a couple more. I, yeah. plan, on, I plan on dropping Wander Franco tomorrow. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So I, I'll be doing I – do, I do – honestly, I – when I did the first year I did these, I actually did one a day for 75 straight days. Um, Cause I was like trying to make a name for myself and I was like enjoying doing them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's, I do them really in depth now and pitchers take a lot more because right. it, I mean, not that they're not, it's more difficult to do. There's just so much to look at. <laughs> There's just so much to look at with yeah. pitchers. So yeah. So I need a little more time these days, but sometimes I'll get on a roll. So um yeah, but Jazz, we're here to talk about the Marlins, so let's talk about Jazz. It's time, US ads with a British twist, and it is my guys over at Built Bar. It is the holiday season, guys, and it is time to grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, a Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat high in protein you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing don't worry about choosing get them all will it be raspberry mint brownie cherry double chocolate cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie head over to built.com use promo code locked 15 it's all one word locked 15 locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order built.com promo code locked 15 Fifteen percent off your order. Let's get into jazz. Let's absolutely get in. When I saw you, you teased this. It's the funny thing you said. I never sleep. Uh, you know, you dropped the teaser. UK morning time. I was like, boy, oh boy, Matt's up. He's up late. Saying, you know, here, here we go. Jazz is coming. So yeah, I saw this one coming out and thought, let's get into it because listen, Jazz Chisholm. From my perspective, he he's become you know, in, in, in the season in 2021 become a real kind of household name in major league baseball. Like a lot of people know jazz Chisholm because, well, he's a very exuberant character, um, hits bombs, um, steals bags, crazy hair. Like it's a type of individual that grabs attention. But I guess the question then is, and this is where this gets interesting is when you peel it back a layer or two, what do you see? What is jazz Chisholm as a player? Where, Where's the, where's the, I guess, the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? And what's he going to become as a player? These are all the bits that I think are really intriguing. And this is all in the thread. So, you know, listen, go and check it out for yourselves, guys. But Matt, I guess, went before, well, as you got into the breakdown for Jazz, what was your, before you got into the numbers, what were you thinking? What were your preconceptions almost of Jazz Chisholm? Um. I, I kind of, I mean, I've been following him for a long time back to when they made that mysterious trade uh, back in 2018, where uh, the Marlins traded um, Zach Gallen to Arizona for Jazz Chisholm. And at the time, Marlins fans were like, huh, we didn't really care much about Zach Gallen. We got Jazz Chisholm. And then that changed when Zach Gallen became like a superstar <laughs> out of nowhere. And then Jazz Uh-oh. really struggled in the minors. And then boom, Zach Gallen gets hurt and Jazz breaks off. So, so it's kind of seesawing. I think in the end, I think Gallon will come back nice and healthy next year. I think Jazz can yeah. take a step forward. So I think both teams will just end up being happy. But yeah, um, yeah overall, it's I, I love watching players with this electric skill, especially power and speed. So mm-hmm. uh, it's and, and then you know you watch him play, you see how excited he is, and then you get more excited to to get into him and watch him. So I mean, I I, I knew about his skills in the minor leagues. I obviously I never got a chance to to watch him live. And then you get to see him play and yeah, it's, it's swagger, like out, you know, out the wazoo. I never said that word before in my entire life. I've reserved it for this podcast, but yeah, he's, 
I mean, we can get into the like the actual advanced data of it, but as far as you said, preconception, I just thought this guy was like a massive free swinger. I didn't know what to expect, uh, like kind of a long swing. So, um, you know, uh, had a bit of a strikeout record in the minor leagues. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I was really interested to dig into him because I didn't know, were we looking at, you know, were we looking at an Alfonso Soriano thing? Are we looking at a Javier Baez type uh, ceiling? Or are we looking at, you know, someone that could fizzle out like Roughned Odor, um, you know, I'm not trying to jinx them, everybody. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying uh, having that extreme um, athletic skill set uh, can go a lot of different ways. So I wanted to see yeah. kind of what was behind it, what the, what's the engine that makes it go because the, you know, how the results aren't as important as how you get there. It gives you an idea of, you know, where they're going to go. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of what you see these days on, on Twitter in general um, will be, you'll get just a player posted and you've just got the baseball savant page up there. You know, here's Jazz Chisholm's baseball savant. It's got the sliding, if, if you know what I'm talking about, it's where you've got the color-coded sliding bars, mm-hmm. um, which kind of give you a snapshot really of of what they've done in that season. Um, you see a lot of them around uh, clearly, but, you know, that's probably a good place to start really because that's kind of the the high-level snapshot of what jazz Chisholm is and really what, what is the kind of batted ball profile data telling us about jazz in 2021? Clearly he played in 2020 itself in a shortened season and, you know, minimal at bats. So let's kind of just get into 2021 where he had the starting gig right out the gates, got hurt a few times, but was pretty much an everyday player in 21. Yeah, so as far as I look, I like to look at two main things, batted ball profile and plate discipline. So we'll start with batted ball profile, which will be like the stack cast metrics, like you said, like baseball savant. If you look at what he did, you notice two things. Um, that he hit the ball. He, he has the ability to hit the ball as hard as anybody, especially at shortstop. Mm-hmm. But he does not consistently hit the ball hard. What do I mean by that? There's two main metrics you can look at for average exit velocity is 90.2. That put him in the 70th percentile of the entire league. It's not exactly the most important statistic to look at because, you know, we don't really care how hard you're hitting the ball into the ground. We want to know how hard you're hitting like line drives and home runs, balls that are actually being put in play. Mm -hmm. Um, So his 70th percentile average exit velocity, 84th percentile max exit velocity. So that gives you an idea of just how hard he can or how fast his back can be at its peak. Someone like O'Neill Cruz of the Pirates. He came up, played like three games for the Pirates. His max exit velocity was 116, which puts him literally like top, literally the top player in the entire league. Um, Jazz came in at 112, which is great. Anything over 112 is great. 112 is amazing. Mm. So he has that. But then you look at um, other metrics like hard hit percentage. And then a lot of um, a more popular one is a barrel percentage, which gives you an idea of like, how well you are connecting with the ball and hitting balls over like a certain threshold. Usually it's like 95 miles per hour. He's basically around the 50th percentile in those. And the reason for that is he hits a ton of ground balls, right? Uh, 48.6% um, and only 31% fly ball ratio. What you want to see is maybe a halfway in between there. You would like to see maybe more like a 40% fly ball, maybe like a 40% um, ground ball. So you know, just basic one-on-one line drives for the entire league. The league bats like over 600 on them. Ground balls and fly balls, you hit under 200 on them. So if you hit a ton of ground balls, you are going to have a lower batting average. No amount of speed is going to help you unless you are literally um, one of the fastest people in the league and you're intentionally doing it like Willie Mays Hayes, um, something like that. Yeah. So the the something I look forward to then is – all right, how consistently is he hitting the ball? So you can look at something, uh, the buzzword is launch angle. People like to look at that and say, all right, well, he's not lofting the ball up. Again, same as average exit velocity, average launch angle doesn't really tell us anything. Because let's say you have an average launch angle of 20 degrees, which is decent. 18 to 20 will get you a ton of home runs if that's what you're trying to do. Everyone's Mm. trying to do something else. But if you're hitting half your balls at 40 degrees and half of them at zero, that'll give you an average of 20. Or you can be hitting them all at 20. Two very, very different hitters. Yeah. So there's another statistic that I use in my um, analysis a lot. It's called standard deviation of launch angle, which sounds maybe really complicated to someone who's never heard of it. Yeah. Just think of it as a standard deviation is like how, how tight the launch angle is. 
we're saying like there's a big variance between like the 40 and zero rather than mm -hmm. all 20. You want that number to be as low as possible. So let's just say a league average is around um, maybe 28 degrees. You want it below that. All the very, very elite hitters around like 26, 25 or below um, very, very bad hitters or free swingers are like, you know, 30 degrees or up. He was like 29.9 degrees, which, you know, that's a rough, that's just a rough estimate, it's a rough explanation. So that just shows us that he is, um, doesn't have a whole ton of back control because he, rather than like let home runs come to him, he's hunting them out. Jazz yeah. wants the home run. Um, so as far as batted ball profile, that's what you have. The ability to hit the ball as hard as anyone, but uh, execution wise, where he is right now, he is not really going about it the best way. Mm. Um, he loves to swing at balls high in the zone, which we can get back to in a second. We'll talk about plate discipline. If you're swinging at, at balls really high in the zone and you don't have the ability to like lift it up, he's hitting a lot of balls like directly into the ground, which is why he has a high, high ground ball rate. What you want to do is have like that kind of consistent swing where uh, you're hopefully not swinging your balls above the zone, but you know, you're constantly like driving the ball, driving the ball line. You want to hit line drives, not home runs. And if he can kind of get into that mindset, I think he can immediately, you know, flip a switch and become like an amazing, but there is another problem. Um, and that is uh, his plate discipline. So we can get to that in a little bit, but before I go on even more, cause there's a lot I wrote about him. Do you have any, uh, did you want to butt in here and uh, dive in anything in particular? U.S. ads with a British twist, and it is the perfect one. As you head into the weekend, tons of sporting action to get into. Bet Online AG. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, fins up. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On, all one word, Locked On, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, I, I think the interesting bit that you said there is that, that, that I like and, uh, as a fan, and I watch him every day, uh, I guess. So it's, yeah. it's one of those where you start to explain what you've seen with the numbers and how that matches up with what you see. Hunting home runs, that terminology that you mentioned, high in the zone, it's exactly what I think of with Jazz. Like he is absolutely, he's, he's aggressively going and looking for balls to hit hard. Yes. And when it goes well, so then you think of, oh, high in the zone. What stra straight away comes to my mind is that Jacob DeGrom bomb that was up in the zone over 100 mm -hmm. miles an hour. And, you know, he went there looking for it and he got it and he took it. I mean, it's one of the best home runs I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. Um, but the ground balls, the, 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 the something that sticks out then is the ground ball, what, 48%, did you say? 40? Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of ground. I mean, he's, he's fast, right? So he can beat some out, but still 48% ground ball when you're hunting it um you know it sounds <laughs> doesn't sound the best mix um in general but it sounds like i think your summary was good where it was the power's there the power is absolutely there and is elite for the you know particularly for the position um but yeah. there's some there's some bat control issues and maybe some hunting issues that are kind of underlying here that maybe if he tightens things up, would you say, is it kind of like, how do you resolve these problems? I guess. I don't, I don't know if we can answer. Well, that. It, it, well, I mean, if you look at him swing, he kind of, he's kind of sitting there. He has, a, he has this great, powerful, like left-handed loop swing gives you that natural loft, like Ken Griffey jr. And he's kind of like sitting there. You can see he's like on his toes. He's like, he's rocking back and forth with his bat. He's, he's ready to kill the ball. He yeah. never wants to hit a single. He wants to hit a home run every a bat. So it's just something where um, he needs less kind of less moving parts. He's, you know, he's, you can see his, when he, he's moving his legs constantly, like he's wa watching a bat by jazz and you'll see his legs are winding up. He's getting ready to go. Mm. He's, he's rocking back his arms and legs. He's ready to go. He needs to find a place where he's consistently in the same spot 
as soon as the pitcher starts to move, he has a timing mechanism where he can start moving his hands back and be where he needs to, and then be in a nice position to adjust yeah. to pitches. Um, hunting high fat, you know, regardless of what balls you're swinging at, you just want to be able to put a consistent swing on the ball. If you swing at a, if you have a consistent swing on the ball, if you're hitting a one high in the zone, it's going to be elevated. If you hit one middle of the zone, it's going to be a line drive. If you hit one like a sinker, um, you know, sometimes you're going to ground balls and that's just how that happens, but mm-hmm. that's where pitch selection comes in. But his, uh, his primary issue right now um, would be, I think he just needs to find a way to maybe quiet his swing down a little bit. Cause you know, he's, he's up there really excited, trying to ha- trying to pound everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, I don't know, because there's something here. Like if, if it's just him and he's inside his own head, it's a scoreless game. He wants to get things started. Kind of like that DeGrom home run. You can even watch that. He's mm-hmm. rocking back and forth and everything. I mean, it's obviously, you know, the result was fantastic. And he actually hit two home runs this year over 100 miles an hour, which is amazing on fastballs. Mm-hmm. Um Base is empty this year. He had 240 with a 31.3 strikeout percentage, 169 ISO, which is isolated power. It gives you like the kind of the difference between his on-base percentage and slugging percentage. Um, 200 is considered good. So he was at 169, 300 WOBA, which is weighted on base. We'll get to that because I talk about weighted on base, WOBACon, X WOBACon. We'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, 90 weighted runs created plus, which that is a metric that measures your offensive output, think of 100 as league average. So okay. he was 90 with the empty bases, 10% below league average. With men on base, batted 266 rather than 240, cut his strikeout rate down from 31.3 to 23.1. Oh. 194 ISO rather than 169. Woba went from 300 to 340. Again, we'll get to what that counts as. The league average is around 330. So he's now way below to way above, you know, a little above. And his weighted runs created plus a 116. So with men on base, 16% better than league average. Runners in scoring position now, batting 276, uh, 22.5 K percentage, even the best, 253 ISO. So I say 200 is good. He's up to 253, wow. 370 Woba, and his weighted runs created plus is up to 135. So he becomes in like an elite player with runners in scoring position. And I don't know if it's – I just said I think he tends to get a little overaggressive. Mm. You – you want to, you know, you, you don't know what's going on a player's head, but when I look at this and I see the mechanics he's going through, I'm wondering if, you know, the bases are empty. He's just thinking about how he wants to get something going. And there's men on base runners in scoring position, almost the more complicated the situation, the less he's thinking about himself and the more he's just kind of reacting and doing what he needs to do. So that's, I mean, you know, he has the ability, all these things are showing, he has the ability to do really, really well. He just needs to kind of just, tweak do little tweaks and again he's young uh you know he just he didn't even they moved him to 20 they moved him to the majors in 2020 because there was no minors he hadn't played above double (laughs) a so you know he's he's still kind of catching up even though he had a full year of the majors so uh you know he he had a fantastic season i mean led all nl rookies in home runs all all rookies period in home runs and he was third in the national league in stolen bases tied with dylan carlson but he did that in 112 less at bats than Dylan. So yep. yeah, Jazz had a good year. Yeah, for sure. The uh, <clears throat> there was an interesting. I think that's so. That is incredible insight. Just where you get into where, you know, bases, runners in scoring position, uh, men on base, and a bit effectively just no one on base, and how the numbers change, and mm-hmm. you know, and maybe how the mentality changes. And actually, if you start to just play more of the team game or think less about just the bomb all the time, the skills are showing up clearly like the, the yeah, I don't, cause you're wondering if I'm thinking he's like, think about if you're hunting home runs and the bases are loaded and this guy doesn't want to hit a single, <laughs> um, maybe mm. he's just, you know, he's coming, he's hitting out of his heels to hit a home run, but uh, you know, when maybe when runners are on base or in scoring position, he's trying to do a little less, he knows he just wants to drive them in yeah. and you know, that's leading to a more, you know, desired approach. If you can just do that all the time, it'll be a little more important. Um, do you want to touch on the, uh, the weird terminology like WOBA? <laughs> we better have, we better have this being mentioned twice. And some people may be going, what the hell is WOBA? So let's all get right. into that. Everyone listening, you know what on base percentage is, right? Um, that is, you know, like money ball. We care if you get on base. It, 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 it literally, everything's weighted the same. If you get on base through hit home run, um, you know, or, um, you know, walk, it's all the same. Single, double, triple, walk, all the same. 
you're just on base. WOBA stands for weighted on base average. So think of an on base percentages, everything's weighted normally. You just get on base at, you know, it's all, all counts as one. Weighted on base average, WOBA, that counts everything that on base percentage does, except it weights it differently. A single and a walk are worth the same. A double is worth more. A triple is worth more. A home run is worth more. Like it should be, right? <laughs> um, so rather than a 300 is considered or whatever, if the league average um, batting average last year was actually a lot lower, uh, you know, say whatever, 250, it's probably it was lower than that last year because it was bad. Um, league average WOBA would be around 330 to around 340. And then you have a stack called X WOBA, which is expected weighted on base average, where instead of looking at just the batted ball results of um, single, double, triple, it takes defense out of the equation because you can get lucky to get a single or a double sometimes, mm-hmm. or depending on the park, a home run. And this looks more at your stack cast data, which is right. the exit velocity and your actual skills that the defense has nothing to do with. And it kind of gives you a different number. It's mm-hmm. still kind of weighted the same as far as the kind of number you're looking for, but it gives you a better idea of the true skill of the player. I mentioned in the thread is that, um, what the uh, WOBA for, let me look, for Jazz was, going back up here, 312 WOBA for the year. So that's pretty well below average, but shouldn't be a shocker because he does not walk much and he strikes out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that shouldn't be, a, a, you know, a big, a big surprise. And um, But his ex WOBA con is 399 giving you an idea of what we're looking for. Um, the, the league average for that is 360, a little higher. So what XWOBA con is, we know what WOBA is. It's, it's a on-base percentage that is judging batted ball events, like you know individually walks, hits, uh, singles, doubles, triples, home runs are all worth what they should be. One, two, three, or four points, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, XWOBA is, is using the stack ass data. So XWOBA con is combining all that together, except only on balls on contact. Doesn't really looking at, it's not looking at anything you do like walk wise. It's just looking at what happens when you're making contact fair with the ball. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 399 is elite. Yeah. So we are looking at all of that uh, information earlier with, you know, how he's uh, the way he's hunting for the ball and he's very aggressive. We know he strikes out a bit and he chases pitches. So that kind of gives us, to where we don't know how he's going to go forward because mm. I go on to say here, he swings at really high pitches. Like you said, the Jacob deGrom home run. Uh, most of the, the league will swing at maybe 30%, 50% of the pitches right above the strike zone, like middle, middle, mm-hmm. but right above the actual zone it would be called a ball um, on the corners above or about 34% for league average, 50% for league average. Jazz is swinging at 50% on the edges and about 75% um, just above wow. the zone. He is <laughs> swinging at everything. And then um, and then, uh, like maybe uh, a couple inches above that, league average is swinging about 12, 10 to, you know, 12 to 20% of those pitches. Jazz is still swinging at 53% of ones way above the zone. The guy like Kit Keller in the League of Their Own just loves to swing at high pitches. Um, so because of his inconsistent mechanics, he has a high swinging strike rate and a low in-zone contact rate just because of the inconsistent back control. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of swinging at pitches he shouldn't be. So that kind of leaves you with, you know, a little bit of a flaw that's going to keep, you know, your natural like batting average down. Uh, but we know what kind of damage he can do when he hits the ball. Yeah. So it's not like you don't want him to be less aggressive because the best thing he wants to do is he wants to hunt the ball down because hitting it is, is, uh, is the best thing you can do. So basically what you want him to do is try to tame swinging at such high pitches. It's easier said than done. They look like meatballs to people, but he needs to do his best, but he needs to be really aggressive in the zone and like the bottom of the zone, the average um, hitter. And like, um, let's just say um, bottom mid, like to the, let's say low and in, for a left-hander, like think Kegarby Jr., mm. that is where um, that's where a left-hander just kills the ball. You know, they have that lofting swing, and that's like something like their danger zone. Mm. Um, and in that zone, he's swinging at like forty-six percent. The league average is like fifty-five to sixty-seven percent. So wow. for a left-hander, he's just, just kind of swinging at the wrong kind of pitches. So 
this is something that, you know, the Marlins know. I'm not, I'm not telling something the Marlins shouldn't know. I hope not. Uh, if you know, if you don't know this, you can hire me, but, uh, <laughs> jazz, if you can just, you know, this comes with experience knowing the strike zone. Yeah. Um, he mentioned last year, he had a lot of errors in the field. He's a good fielder, but he mentioned the, the speed of the game, which we know the speed of the game of having that next level of pitching had to be something. So studying the zone more, if he can just be super aggressive in the zone, especially lower, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe try to lower his eye level down bring the eyes lower, down. Lower, sounds lower, like... lower the webcam you know yeah. uh, instead of, instead of going high middle think middle low that's yeah. where he needs to live and if he can just calm down his uh mechanics a little bit maybe put in like a toe tap instead of like a big hitch uh little things like that so you can read the there's a lot more in the thread but it really comes down to uh, i recap it here i'll just go down and kind of read that everyone elite bat speed Above average of the ex Wobicon, which is how he does um, all of his skills on contact. A pretty strong exit velocity, which shows how hard he can hit the ball and really measures his bat speed. High confidence level, which is great. You see how well he does with men in scoring position. And, and then amazing athleticism, which allows him to get away with things that some other hitters can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the inconsistent back control, chasing high pitches, below average contact rate, elevated ground ball rate. Um, those are the things that he needs to work on. So you see that like, he just has a really, really high skill level and a few things that he can really work on. Nothing that can't be fixed. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, I went on to kind of project what I thought he would do this year. I have him batting 243. Don't yell at me, everybody. 21 <laughs> home runs, 26 stolen bases, 76 runs, 66 RBIs. I think he can blast by that. I really do. If he makes any of these little tweaks here and there, but I think, to give everyone like a realistic expectation, sophomore slump is a term for a reason. Happens yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Pitchers are going to know he swings at high fastballs. They're going to throw him a ton. He needs to not swing at him. If he doesn't, they're going to start pitching him low, uh, lower, and he's going to be able to kind of take advantage of that. So it's kind of like, I think he'll get by 2020. He almost got there this year, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. I think he'll get mm-hmm. past that. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things for him to work on. So I'm excited for him long-term. Uh, and he definitely has the skills to be like an all-star for sure. But uh, those are some things for you to look at as Marlins fans, uh, especially in spring training when that hopefully starts on time. Uh, yeah, high fastballs and his kind of uh, see how quiet, see how widely he is at the plate. We want him mm. to quiet down a little bit, and hopefully he gets a little more aggressive on lower pitches in the zone. Yeah, it makes perfect summary. Like it sounds, I think the 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 summary that you had at some point in in the threads was the, the difference between the floor and the ceiling almost for this dude is, is as big Mm. as, as anyone that you've maybe even looked at, like the floor of jazz and the, like the ceiling is an all-star, you know, MVP candidate or something perhaps, but maybe, Mm. maybe I'm overselling that slightly, but you know, an all-star dude. Right. And there is a floor and it is significantly lower than that. If, um, you know, if he keeps swinging away. Yeah. At these yeah. If they're giving him all the fastballs high and he continues to swing his strikeout rate was a tick below 30%. If he keeps it there, he can survive in major league baseball. If he goes well above that consistently, yeah. he's going to have problems. Look at Keston Hira. <laughs> we yeah. don't want to, I'm just saying if you, it'll, it can spiral out of control. I don't think that'll happen because he had problems all over the place. Um, Jazz has a very specific area that he wants to swing at, and it's high. And he has shown the ability to do damage there too. So mm-hmm. at least he can get away with it. So um, there's one other thing that can speak to his um, maybe another level that could get Marlins fans really excited. If anyone's heard the term BABIP, which is batting average for balls in play, everyone likes to say that 300 is a league average, which there is no league average. It's a skill. Having a BABIP is a skill. It's basically, the, it's called batting average for balls in play for a reason. It's what your batting average is for balls you put in play. And it, you can you can have, you can carry a higher one like Tim Anderson does on a yearly basis. People always want to regress a player, but mm. it basically comes down to the ability to be, if you have a higher sprint speed, you have the ability to beat out balls, hit line drives. Um, instead of ground balls or fly balls, you want to be able to hit line drives more and you want to have hard contact. He's already got the speed and the, uh, you know, the ability to hit the ball incredibly hard. If he can have a little more back control and just, um, you know, kind of loft the ball a little bit, cut down on those, 
cut down on those ground balls. Mm. You might not necessarily be looking at a jump to like a 240 to a 270 hitter. That's where I would put his baseline. But I think that he does have the skill to actually hit well above that. So, I mean, if he makes these minor tweaks, you know, sky's the limit. That's how much skill he has. The, you know, this year, I think you just want to see as a Marlins fan, steady growth. There'll be times where he struggles, but you just want to see at times that he's making these little adjustments. And by the end of the year, you just say like, all right, he was better. And then maybe you see a massive step in 2023. So this year, I don't think, I don't think you see the massive breakout. I think this year you're hoping to see him just make better decisions and kind of move the needle forward. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, let's flip it onto the fantasy side. You know, how mm-hmm. how much do you, how, how much you like Jazz this year? Where are you seeing him going? What kind of range? I mean, listen, in fantasy, often power and speed combos are, you know, they're highly touted guys. So where are you seeing Jazz going? I know we went way down last year because the playing time wasn't obvious in the early drafts as well. Like we didn't really know the Jazz would be a starter, but how are you seeing him for 22? Uh, he's been going rather early um, in like the <laughs> mid in the mid rounds. I, I don't, I don't think it's right now. He's a tremendous value, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I, you saw what I expected. If if you get a player in the mid rounds batting two forty, but he's giving you twenty plus home runs and twenty plus stolen bases, you're not going to be upset. Mm. He's this is a perfect example. He's going right around Javier Baez. Okay, who I compared him to. I think you know Baez has poor days plate discipline but due to his athletic ability is able to rise above and uh put out some great years that's maybe something you can look forward to as marlins fans Mm -hmm. um javier baez we know what he is we've he's proven what he can do so i don't know why maybe you necessarily want to take a chance on a player um that has such a low floor like jazz i would rather just take the thing that is more of a sure thing uh it could certainly work out in your favor, but I think in fantasy, you want to draft something, you want to draft a player in a spot where he's probably going to return value at minimum to where you drafted him or above yeah. And there. It's kind of a coin flip. So I'm not totally against it. He's going a little, a little early for me, a little early. But that, that all comes down to because, you know, the stolen bases are there. So stolen bases always, uh, you know, go early in drafts, but equally a lot of people know jazz, the name as well. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a big name. People know, Maybe they're expecting the Marlins offense to be better. I mean, whew, it's hard for it not to be any better um, than, than 21. But. That's one thing. You could break out in speed again, too. I have him, I have him uh, projected for 26. Last yeah. year, he led the league in being caught stealing at eight. But again, um, he had some. He had a hamstring issue. Before yep. the hamstring issue, he was hitting 290 with a 926 OPS. So he was in fuego before getting injured. So I know. who's to I- say he was very consistent base dealer in the minors. So if he can get that consistency back up in the majors, we could see 30 stolen bases. Um, you know, the speed is very, very legit there. So like I said, sure. I don't want to, I don't want to undersell his ceiling. Jazz has the ceiling is an incredibly, incredibly valuable and exciting player. Well, I'm just, uh, yeah, we'll see what he does this year. He's, he, he's, he, it should be, it should be cool and interesting. Hopefully some of this stuff sticks with the Marlins fans and in spring training, they can have some fun yeah. uh, watching it. They, they can point at the TV like, Hey, 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 look at, you know, he, he actually laid off the high five. <laughs> For sure. Just on the stolen bases, I must say it was a very, it was a very odd year for him on, you know, from a stolen bases perspective, he came out hot. He was basically like stealing a base almost every other day and mm-hmm. then got hurt. It felt like he didn't run then for a period. He wasn't running at all. Yeah. Then he had a spell where he was getting caught stealing all the time. And then towards the end of the year, the, the stolen bases came back. It was a very odd year. It wasn't consistent. It was just like... Well, you hurt, you hurt your hamstring and then you're reluctant to steal and then you start stealing, but you don't want to be as explosive because that's what caused you to hurt your hamstring possibly to yeah. begin with. It's it's a rough cycle. So yeah, yeah. He, he, could, he could really take off next year. It's just... Yeah. Soft tissue, soft tissue injuries in general last year, they were rough in major league yeah. baseball. So hopefully after not a half a season and a full season, people yeah. will be a little more healthy next year. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. So that is a full deep dive on jazz Chisholm, a full breakdown. And I think that firstly it's, it's by a Mets fan and it's fair. So let's call it that it's uh, it's so it well in depth. And some of the numbers are really intriguing, really intriguing to hear about. And, you know, these these swings high up in the zone, we've all seen it, we know it. I was, what you didn't, well, when I think of jazz, like mm-hmm. one of the main questions is what's the strikeout going to be? And I think really the strikeout hasn't actually been a major concern. Not, I mean, it's still been relatively high, but 
it hasn't been. It's not like he's striking out like Alex Jackson was back end of the year for uh, for the Marlins. You're probably going. Yeah. I, I said he, he was right under thirty percent. Mm. I I mean, as a home run hitter, you can you can live there. I think you want to see him make minor decisions to trying to bring that down. As long as he's below thirty, I think you're fine. Especially in today's b- baseball game, people strike out a ton. But um, yeah, I think the plate selection isn't actually as bad as just the um, just the back control. I think if he I think if he can just be a little quieter at the plate mm. and and just control the swing a little better. Uh, that'll cut down on the strikes out strikeouts in the zone. Like I said, he had a low yeah. in zone contact rate. Continue to chase the high home run. If you really love that, I mean, it's going to get you into some trouble. But if I wanted to see him fix one thing, it'd be maybe quiet his, his swing down, swing a little more in the zone and, and, and make a little more contact in the zone. If he can just really um, hone in on that alone, I think he takes a step forward regardless of all the other uh, flaws we talked about. I've already, I've already worked it out for Jazz. I know the solution already. Just speaking this through, the the way to get the, the better production out of Jazz is take him out of the leadoff spot, leading off, no one on base. No, 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 get him down in the five hole. He'd be absolutely loving it down there in the five spot or the six hole, but I don't know. I mean, the the, bait, the, the speed plays, but, um, and I get, you know, because it's interesting, right? In the leadoff spot in a non-DH league last year, and, the, you know, the Marlins order was not great, most of the time there'd be no one on base for jazz most of the time. So, you know, it's interesting that the numbers, um, the way that numbers are playing out in those positions is so different. Um, You then start to think, well, actually maybe you you shut them down the order. I actually think that he was better down the order last year um, when he, when he was down there. When he was batting sixth, uh, his strikeout rate went down to 26%, hit 304 with a 411 on base, 630 slugging. Wait, you know, and a 175 weighted runs created plus for everyone paying attention to the thing Oh, earlier. baby. Uh, so it was limited down in the six, but yeah, he did yeah. do better down in the order with guys on base. I, what I would like him to do is, uh, again, this is something to quiet his mind. Jazz, someone tagged jazz. He's probably going to read this. He loves, he's active on Twitter. Hopefully he doesn't he get is. mad. I, was fair. I don't think, I don't think I was, I, I, I was, I was firm, but fair. I think it might break down. <laughs> Hopefully he can take some of this. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that if you are looking, look for your pitch, pick, know what your pitch is to, mm. to hit and be looking for it. Keep your mind occupied on something specific rather than like trying to overdo it. Like, Oh, no matter what's being thrown to me, I'm taking it deep. Don't do that. Um, you know, this be look for fastballs, you know, I mean, I, I went to a hitting clinic when I was younger with this guy named Bill Robinson. He was the hitting, co- he was the hitting coach for the 1986 Mets, which was really cool. And he always, he always said, which is great advice for any hitter, always look for fastball because if you get a breaking ball, you can adjust to it. If you're looking for a breaking ball and get a fastball, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You're not hitting it, especially today's stage. So yeah, look, look for a fastball in the zone. If it's on the first pitch, second pitch, whatever, be aggressive, hit it. Um, just have that in your mind and just know that you want to put a good swing on it rather than kill it. Just put a good swing on it and let's, you know, let's hit some line drives instead of some Titanic home runs. The Titanic home runs will come mm-hmm. with a hundred and you know, the 112 mile an hour at max exit velocity. If he connects on a, on a uh, fastball, that's 95 plus it's leaving the yard. Oh boy. <laughs> he doesn't need it. Like the DeGrom one you love. Uh, I think it only, it didn't actually go that far. It no. went high. <laughs> Um, we, we, we would rather it go far, hit it forward rather than up. <laughs> I know that one was, it was so effortless though. That one, it looked effortless. Like it went, it, Oh it, yeah. It went, but Hey, he, he didn't even uh, go in his follow through. He just kind of flicked it like, whoop. yeah, it was, it was amazing for anyone who wants to get a replay. It's actually in the thread. I yeah. show the, the Grom home run. It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was. All right. We are bang out of time. I hope now, by now anyway, that the, the turkey is half roasted at least. Um, and you can get, you can tuck into the turkeys later on or in the States, tuck into your, your hams or whatever's going on. Get the bourbons going, get the beers flowing, whatever it may be. Matt Williams, where can everyone find you on Twitter if they are not already following you? They can find me at uh, Matt Williams, but instead of uh, instead of L's, go with sevens. M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. My DMs are always open. If you have any questions, uh, some people don't like to answer, you know, ask them in public about fantasy or, or anything, or you want to know something about terminology, you can always DM me. I'm always willing to talk baseball. Oh, what a legend. What a man finding time on Christmas Day, would you believe, to, <laughs> to join Locked On Marlins, getting into the jazz chism, uh, player breakdowns. It was, I mean, if, if you're struggling with terminology as well, hit Matt up. He will give you the full rundown of what these things mean and where to go and find them. If you're interested in working out 
okay, that's interesting about jazz. Well, what's Miguel Rojas's look like? Or what does mm-hmm. Jesus Sanchez? And actually, Jesus Sanchez, I think, is a really intriguing one for 22. Not the segue off, but Matt is nodding. Um, the, <laughs> the, you know, I think he, he equally, from a Marlins perspective, we need him to be a big player. But um, he's shown maybe similar flashes to what Jazz has shown, actually, at times. So, Oh, by the way, uh, let me, I know we're running over, but I have to look at, you know what, do, do what you need to do. I have to look up something real quick and it'll no, be a you... little surprise for Marlins fans. The way okay. Well, just to, I guess while Matt's looking this up, I'll just let you know on the schedule Christmas day today, enjoy your turkeys guys. There will be no locked on Marlins tomorrow, which is boxing day in the UK, which is normally a heavy hangover day. Uh, but I will be back on Monday, which is the 27th of December so there'll be daily Marlins pods through into up to the new year. Look for that. Matt is smiling. He's got the information. He's ready to drop a Marlins bomb on his way out. All right. I told everyone listening, a 110 mile an hour maximum exit velocity, that is the hardest you hit the ball, is considered very good. Anything above that is, is strong. Here is someone since 2015 until 2021. Every, this is every exit, max exit velocity for years, starting with 2015. 116.1, which was top 1% of the league. 117.1, number one in the league, 115.5, 116.7, 116.2, 113.3 in 2020, which still top 7% of the league. And then last year bounced back up to 116.7. And that is your new outfielder, Avisel Garcia. Oh, baby. Nobody hits the ball harder than this man consistently. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I mean, you're going to need it in that big park but you're going to love Avisel Garcia get excited about this guy absolutely there you go Avisel Garcia bombs away from him bombs away from Jesus bombs away from Jazz <laughs> just wish the, they brought the fences in a bit further in Lone Depot it's too big but nevertheless Matt thank you for joining me on Christmas Day brother um, hope to have you back on if uh, another player breakdown drops for the Marlins we'll wait and see I know you know <laughs> there's so many you can get into but um, appreciate you finding the time thanks everyone for joining me Matt Williams on Locked On Marlins Christmas Day bonus episode. Enjoy the turkeys, guys. Get the wine flowing, and I'll be back on Monday. See you, everybody.